We're back from our long break. Our hiatus. Uh, From the long winter. Did you miss us? I guess it wasn't winter. We missed you. I missed watching Passions, honestly. I missed watching Passions, too. I will say a lot of people reached out to me and were like, it's been pulled down from YouTube. Where are we going to watch it? So just so everybody knows, a lot of those channels that we were watching Passions on are gone now. Yeah. But there are episodes being put up. They're just like in little chunks as opposed to like whole episodes. And uh, luckily for us, we have an anonymous donor who... Helped us out a lot. Yeah, so we... So, we, don't don't you worry about our podcast. We're going to be fine. Yeah, and what podcast is this? The Passions Podcast. That's right. I'm Latara. And I'm Laura. And this is... Passions, Passions podcast. podcast. It's the show <laughs> where we talk about the greatest soap opera of all times. Yeah, you know Passions. the drill. Passions. You know the drill, people. It's episode 36. Yes, it you know, is. If you don't know us by now, get to know us. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> that, that got you? It got me. I don't know why got it got you good. me. good. I don't know why. Is it great? I, I, I don't know. Anyway, we've got some things to talk about before we get into the podcast podcast, the meat of this show, right? Right. We may have been on a hiatus, but we have been at work behind the scenes because guess what we have? A beautiful, beautiful website. A website! Sparkly and new. Passionspodcast.com. Go check it out. Hope you like it. It's super simple, but I think it's easy to use. And on that website, you will find, you can find all the episodes of Passions Podcast, as well as a shop where you could buy t-shirts. Right now, we only have t-shirts, but we're going to be expanding soon. I love it. The shirts are so cute. We've got like a restaurant series going on. Right. So there's uh, the Lobster Shack. The Chicken Coop and the Burger Hut. I think it's so cute. I love these t-shirts. Yeah. I really do. We're going to post them on the Instagram and everything just mm-hmm. so everybody can see. But also go check them out for yourself. Please do. Please support the show. It helps. Yeah. It helps us tremendously. And it also helps get the word out. Yeah. There's also a forum on there. Like, have at it, people. Go at Like, please talk to each other on the forum. <laughs> because I... I put it on there. I was like, I feel like this would be a really cool thing to have. Like, I think a place for people to discuss specifically passions and our podcast. I think it's a nice idea, especially because we're starting to get lots of comments on the Instagram to the point that I can't, like, always keep up with it all. Mm-hmm. And there's also people on other platforms. Like, there's a couple people who post more frequently on Facebook. And right. in this way, everyone can kind of come to one centralized location and, and be able to, to communicate and kind of build the little community which we'll, comes along with it which we'll is be passionistas so cool. together yes passionistas yeah i named it the passionistas forum i love it yeah so so yeah go check out passionspodcast.com yeah. anything else we've got a new podcast art if you haven't noticed yes you get to look at our beautiful faces yeah instead of that beautiful lighthouse stock photo <laughs> <laughs> Instead of that beautiful stock Instead photo. Instead of that beautiful stock photo that I've just put, like, words on in paint, in Microsoft Paint. Yeah. High tech. You know what? We're nothing if not high tech. I actually use Microsoft Paint 3D for this new one. Oh. So, so, moving on up. That's why it looks so good. Moving on up. <laughs> All right. Well, we got anything else before we get into it? Let's get into this episode. I think let's talk about the show. Yeah, let's get into Passions. Episode 61. Yeah. I was so excited to get back to Passions. Me too. And you were saying it 
right as we started watching this episode, but I think we took our little break at exactly the right time. Mm-hmm. But we got through all of that introductory material. We got to know who all the key players are right now. We kind of wrapped up some pre-story and are now getting into the meat of things. Yeah, some meaty, meaty stuff. Yeah. So let's get into it. Episode 61 starts in L.A. where we left Chad, our sweet, sweet Chad. Sweet Chad who has an explosive temper, this yeah. man. He's, he's got quite the temp. But he and... Uh, Henry, we don't know what I, the, can't, I can't remember, remember this count, this counselor's name, but they're down in the basement of this building looking through Chad's belongings and he remember found the newspaper that was part of the from the Harmony Herald and it was like, "What's this? This is my inheritance, some old ass newspaper, you know, with my like, name oh, written on it. Yeah. I don't even know where Harmony is." Mer. Yeah, he's all pissed about that. And Henry, I guess <laughs> we'll call him Henry. <laughs> I could go back and look through my notes, I don't but want I'm to. not going to. So we're just going to call him Henry. Hopefully it's right. This probably isn't. And so <laughs> <laughs> but what it, if it is? It might be. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> anyway, Henry tells Chad, you know, maybe you should think about giving up on music for right now. Yeah. <laughs> you really, really fucked yourself. Yeah, by like, beating up Howard. Yeah, you're going to be blacklisted from everything. You're not going to work in this town ever again. Like, you really need to think about how you're going to redirect your life because this ain't it. Yeah. And Chad gets really pissed. And I guess he decides to go steal tapes. Yeah, he's like, I, you know what I, I can do? I can go back to that studio and I can steal all the tapes. I literally wrote. He's going to Trek's recording studio to steal tapes, question mark? That's what I wrote. Like, he's going to, st- I guess, like, the masters. I guess back then, everything was kind of analog. So, yeah. you know, they didn't have, like, necessarily digital copies. And so if you take the masters, then you have stole, you have everything. And is, it, I mean, presumably it's because he is the one who put in that work. So he feels entitled to it. I think that's part of it. he's not going to get any acknowledgement for it, he doesn't want anybody else to. But he also wants to get back at Howard for yeah. being a D-bag. Yeah. 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 So he goes in to steal tapes, but the cartridges are empty or whatever. The cartons are empty. So then he... Starts listening to the one that's like set up on the reel in, in the reel exactly, and he's like, Ugh, "They changed the background vocals." <laughs> well, I don't have time to fix it, but I have to. It's like it's his calling. He has, and as musicians, like I, I understand part of it, but like you got to get out of there, bro. Yeah, you like, like. What do you mean you have to do this right take now? The take the tape and get to another studio and fix it there. Go I home. imagine you can do that. Yeah, and. He, uh, yeah, he's like, I have to fix the background vocals. And so he's sitting there and he like changes one knob and is like, got to tune this to four. (laughs) All he did was add more like drums and bass, though. He didn't didn't, change the vocals at all. It didn't change. I didn't hear a change in the music. I heard a a little bit. I was sitting there. I was like, I don't think anything changed. And then he's like, oh, that's it. That's the (laughs) ticket. And who shows up? Producer Howard shows up with a gun. Yeah, he's got like his pulled, gun drawn on Chad from the back. Yeah, like yeah. fucked up. So Chad confronts him, obviously, because what are you going to do when you have a gun on you? And they like argue a little bit, and then Chad disarms this man. Yeah, Chad's like John Wick, man. It was awesome. It was amazing because Howard was like, 
you know where we're going now, right? And then Chad's like, where? And he's like, to the back alley. Like, he's going to go shoot him in a back alley. And Chad's like, fuck that. He, like, knocks the gun out of his hand. And then he starts to beat Howard's ass. It's awesome. And just as Chad is about to, like, really lay into Howard and really maybe possibly kill him, honestly, Mm -hmm. two goons walk in and pull Chad off of Howard. And you think, you think... Oh, it's over for Chad now, right? Like these, it's three on one. No, he he really goes like full John Wick. It's awesome. Well, it's like half John Wick because John Wick wouldn't have gotten that beat up, I don't think. That's true. Although no. he did get beat up at the very beginning of that first movie. Yeah, but he was out of practice. Like he'd yeah. been out of it for That's years. True. But Chad never, Chad's always in it though. Oh man. But yeah, he beats the shit out of Crab and Goyle next. Yeah. He like really goes in on them. And then of course it is three on one. So they kind of start to... The tables start to turn a little bit. Yeah. And then that that friend of his that we saw a couple episodes ago. Boom, call, him, call him Chuck. Boomer? I thought they called oh. him Boomer. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they called him Boomer. But he comes in and Okay, kinda, Boomer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Boomer. Um, and so he comes in and kind of interrupts the whole situation yeah. at exactly the right moment because Chad has been knocked unconscious. Yeah, and they're still kind of wailing on him. Yeah, they really thumped him on the head. And he comes in, what's going on here? <laughs> and Howard's like, okay, Boomer, get in here and deal with your guy. If he's not out here, out of here in 10 minutes, we're going to kill, kill him, him, I guess. I guess, I don't know. I don't know. And he's like, he's like, you better figure out a way to convince him to leave L.A. forever. They just have to figure out how to get Chad the fuck out of L.A. because he has no... He has no motive for going to Harmony. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if he did leave L.A., like, there's an entire country between L.A. and Harmony. Right. You know what I mean? And he has no ties better, anywhere. Yeah, and better places to do music than Harmony. To free, yeah, you for know? sure. So. For sure. So they've, they've done it. They got, they're getting him to Harmony because Chad comes to and his friend is like, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? And he's got that newspaper clip and he's like, I guess I'm going to go to Harmony. I wonder what waits for me in harmony. Yep. So Chad's on his way. Oh, I'm so excited. So this is first Chad, but I love second Chad. Oh, okay. So they have another actor coming to play mm-hmm. Chad later. Mm-hmm. Oh. Second Chad is fine. First Chad is fine, but second Chad is fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I have... Dear listeners, do you like first Chad or second Chad better? Please discuss. <laughs> Please let us know. S- discuss on the forum. Discuss on the forum. <laughs> yes. And here's the thing about that forum. I won't be moderating it. So you can kind of spoil a little bit because I'm not Oh yeah. I'm not going to be looking at that. Yeah. So feel free to have at it. But but I will also say if it starts getting nasty and people are like being mean to each other and bullying, like I'll shut that shit down right away. Yeah. Like be decent, please. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Where should we go next? Why don't we go to that sidewalk in Harmony? Oh, Lord. Where Teresa and Ethan are about to have an incident. This is ridiculous. So you remember at the end of episode 60, Teresa and Ethan are walking towards each other and a man in like a chef's outfit, (sighs) the whole shebang, hat, coat, everything, walks between them with a pallet of eggs, a full pallet of eggs on his hands and they bump into him and he throws the eggs in the air (laughs) and somehow none of the eggs got on Teresa it turns out all the egg got onto onto Ethan's face yeah egg on his face he has literal egg on his face 
And I was thinking, oh, this is great because he'll see that this is really an accident. Like, he, obviously, Teresa had nothing to do with this. He was walking directly towards her. Yeah. She had no chance to plot anything on him. She didn't know he was coming there. They're both equally at fault for how this happened. You know what I mean? Like, this, this man in a chef costume basically couldn't see them for whatever reason, pushed his way through and, like, the, and dropped the eggs. Yeah. You know? But what does Ethan think? Ethan thinks that, what, Teresa hired this man to lay in wait and then toss eggs on him? Ethan sucks. He blames her. Yeah, he's pissed. He's pissed at her. He's like, you did it again. It's like, she didn't <laughs> do anything to you. You are the idiot that walked into a chef with a pallet of eggs. Oh, my God. And she feels guilty. She feels horrible, and she is devastated. She's like, oh, my God, Ethan, I'm so sorry. No, no, you. it was an accident, I promise. Oh, my God. And she's terrified. She's so worried, and he's mad. Yeah. I hated this exchange. I hated it so much. It was so dumb. Well, and the chef didn't help at all, either. He looks at Ethan, he goes, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry, Hey, don't I know you from the newspaper? Oh, Mr. Crane. Like, he, like, one right after another, just, like, boom, boom, boom. Don't I know you from somewhere? I've seen you. Oh, right, you're Mr. Crane. He apologizes profusely to him. Somebody, wink, wink, bumped into my arm and pushed all these eggs oh, into you. Yeah. Like, he blamed it on her, too. It's like, what? It's trash. It was and so Whitney dumb. was like, oh, I didn't see it. <laughs> She didn't help Wait, at how, all. How? Did she not see? She didn't help. She and even, like, if, oh, I, even I if she it. didn't see it, she could have spoken up and been like, Teresa didn't do this on purpose. Right. It's obvious that she didn't do this on purpose, even if I didn't see it. Oh, man. That's so dumb. So he's mad. He's headed home to, to call the folks on Teresa. Mm. And Teresa's headed back to her house to come clean to Luis because she's like, he's definitely going to call the police this time. Oh, yeah. She's like, I've wrecked my family's life. My own brother is going to have to arrest me. My mom's going to lose her job. Uh, My brother's not going to be able to afford college, especially now he's going to have to stay home and help, you know, afford the house and everything else with help help up my mom. Yeah. Yeah, so poor Teresa. Poor Teresa. I feel so bad for her. In this moment. Yeah. And I, Ethan sucks. Ugh. Oh, these cranes. I, hate I get those why cranes. Louise, I was going to say, I get why Louise hates those cranes. Hate those cranes. Right now, they're not making a, a very good case for themselves. No. Speaking of the cranes, should we go over to the crane mansion? Yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. go to the crane mansion. So we're at the crane mansion, and Sheridan is standing on the precipice of the living room where she's terrified to go in, looking in on things. And then, all of the sudden, Luis comes in to arrest her. He goes, Sheridan Crane, you're under arrest. Which is crazy. It's absurd. He, gra- he grabs her. Yeah. Puts her in... Co- I mean, look, I wouldn't mind if that man... If he grabbed me and yanked me around <laughs> and put me in handcuffs, I might be all right with that. Oh, man. Yeah. So, he comes in to arrest her, puts cuffs on her and everything, is like, you're under arrest. She's in tears. And then... Turns out it's like a yeah. daydream nightmare. It was like obviously a dream. A night, at, a daymare. At the very beginning, a daymare, <laughs> a day-mare. I guess. At, at the very beginning of it, I was like, oh, why is she standing? Like, we're back to this phobia of this room again. Mm-hmm. Even though she has been in that room countless times at this point. Right. So, at first it seemed really like that was the scene. And then once Louise showed up, I was like, Psh. This well, is a dream. He just came in. There was no doorbell. There was no arrest warrant. There was no nothing. nothing. He just walked in. There was nobody else in the 
whole house. I was like, okay, this doesn't make sense. He just showed up and was there. Right. However, however, so Sheridan's like having that dream, and she's on her couch in the cottage. Yeah, and, and she screaming. comes too. She comes too from this dream, and who is standing over her? Well, Officer Luis Lopez Fitzgerald is standing over her in plain clothes. Because she has been screaming, and he could hear it outside the cottage, was terrified something was happening, and came into the uh, into the cottage to check on her. Yeah. And it, he wakes her up, and she's going like, I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean it. So he's like, what didn't you mean to do? Right. And she's like, what are you talking about? I didn't say any of that. Right. You know? And so then they do their typical back and forth. Mm. They do their Luis and Sheridan thing for a little bit. But, uh... He, she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. Which sh- should have been her immediate question. Absolutely. Like, what the fuck are you doing like, here? I'm alarmed that there's a person in the place where I live. Which, I mean, she basically does say, but it takes a minute. And he's like, well, I heard you screaming from the path and I came in to check on you to make sure you were okay. It's like, damn. Was she screaming? I guess she was really screaming. I don't know. Or it was just an excuse for him to get in there. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, he wants to get in there. Well, so they argue a little bit, and then he says he came to explain the background check, the facts that she found on the fax machine at the youth center. Because remember, she got really upset. She found that he was had done a background check on her, and he got really she got pissed and left. And so he came to, like, tell her, it's just a routine thing that we do, which makes sense. Like, if you run a youth center, you should run back to background checks on the people that work at your youth center with children well legally you have to like if you work with kids you legally have to have a background check. you have to pass a background check well he she goes uh how many of these have you done before are there other people he's like well this is the first like he doesn't normally do it but it does make sense that he would run the background check and then he's like but this is the first time the court's ever appointed a criminal to come work at the Right. Don't work at the youth center, so it's a fair point. Which is fair. I mean, they should be fingerprinting and background checking everybody who works there, but I also understand if it's, like, him and he's a police officer and his kid brother, you know, whatever. Yeah. There's a little, I have a little leeway, I guess, with that. But it makes sense to me if the court is, is you know, has decided that someone's serving their sentence at your youth center, yeah, I'd be doing a background check. Yeah. In a fucking heartbeat. Yeah. So he, like prize some more into like what are you hiding what's in your background what because your background check came back squeaky clean which of course it would because the cranes like to keep their secrets private and keep their lives private and so he's just badgering her yeah he just wants to know what it is that she's keeping from yeah everyone really and uh, that gets him nowhere. And so he's like, well, I came over to talk about the background check, but also to let you know that I need you to work at the youth center tonight. And she's like, fine. The sooner I can get done with my 100 hours, the, the sooner I don't ever have to see you again. And then he leaves. But they never establish a time of when she needs to be working. Maybe there's like a regular time that they do something at the youth center on whatever day this is. And so but she, so she like she knows know? what time it is that she needs She's to She's been in there. harmony for a day. I, they are setting this up to that we've been into this for months now. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Because Luis was wearing a sweater, first of all. Right. And then he was like caulking the windows at their house, rent, winterizing their home. He's like, winter's coming soon. Then he was talking about Christmas presents. Right. So, like, they have set this up as if she's been working at the youth center for a while. Right. 
Even though we know it's been a day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she didn't even do a full day of work. Remember, she went to the coffee shop. Right. She she could only do a few hours. Yeah. If that. What a mess. All right. So let's uh, follow Luis home. Yeah, let's follow Luis home. To the Lopez Fitzgerald house. Yeah. Uh, So Luis gets home and is working on winterizing the house. I guess. Yep. I guess it's cold now in Harmony. He's got his caulk. Yeah, also, is that how you winterize a house? Like, when we would always put the um, the like, the window guards mm-hmm. up to keep the heat in so that yeah. they weren't coming in through the seal. I, I don't he... know. Maybe maybe there's a lot of cracks or something that needed to be filled in the windows, and that's why he's caulking. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe they just gave him caulk because they thought it would be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Luis's caulk is so sexy. Luis is, Luis is was... holding his caulk in his hand. <laughs> We've moved into the lowbrow segment. I love it. This is where I want to live. I want to live in the lowbrow place. It's just too easy. We can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. You have to say, especially with a man like Luis. You have right. to talk about his cock. So stupid. All right. So Luis is at the house getting some shit together for wintertime. And in walks a very worried Teresa and a very distracted Whitney. And Luis immediately is like, oh, hi, Teresa. I love you. Gives her a big hug and starts, like, praising her. Right. Because remember, the way they set this up, so, so ridiculous. Remember, right outside, before Teresa and Whitney come into the house, Teresa's telling Whitney, I got to come clean to Luis. Right. He's going to be so disappointed in me. He's going to be so upset. I don't know how I'm going to do this. They like, set this whole thing up that it's so it's already bad enough mm-hmm. that she, if, even if she went into Luis and he wasn't saying anything, but then she goes in and he's praising her for being a saint. He says, Teresa's a saint compared to the, some of the people I've been dealing with recently. I'm so glad you've been keeping your distance from the cranes. You wouldn't believe how awful they are. But I've been spending time with Sheridan. She's, she's just the worst. I'm so proud that you were able to walk away from them and you're not obsessing over that horrible family anymore. Yeah. Rut row. Yeah. Rut row. She's, she's, it makes it harder for her to come clean, you know. So yeah. She, she tries to, but he's like, oh, hang on a sec. I got to I gotta work yeah. on some stuff around the house. So he disappears for a minute. Teresa turns to Whitney and is like, what the fuck am I going to do, Whitney? <laughs> what am I going to do? And Whitney's like, uh, you know what? I got something I got to do. I'll, I'll see you in a bit. And yeah. she just leaves. Yeah, she's like, I've got something I have to take care of. And she's like smiling about it. Whitney's going to take care of this. Whitney is, I, yeah, I believe that Whitney is going to go deal with this in some way that I don't understand. I think maybe and there's like security camera footage or something like that. Yeah, I, we'll find out because Whitney has a plan. It's very clear. Yeah. But it was just very abrupt the way that it happened. Yeah. And so, so Whitney departs to do her secretive thing. And Luis returns. He comes back in and he's like, you know what? I have this great surprise for mom. I've managed to save enough money that we can send her to the old country over Christmas time. It'll be a great present for our dear mother, Pilar. The old country. The old country. I am pretty sure it's Mexico. I'm almost 100% sure about that. I just remember. I know Paloma lived in Mexico. Oh, okay. So I'm pretty sure. I, I, I'm pretty sure. And that's that the is sister Mexico, that we and I don't know why they won't just met. say Mexico, like it's yeah. copyrighted or something. Why won't they just? I don't know. 
That is very strange. Yeah, I don't know. The old country. Like, that's something you hear, like, old Yiddish people, like, Jewish people say, the old, the old country. country. Or, like, you old, like, old, like, Slavic people. Yeah. You know what I mean? The old country. Or Sicilians. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> the old country. The old country. You never hear that about, like, Mexico. Yeah, I, well, I don't, I, I mean, and, yeah, like, I it's know. technically the new world. The old new country. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just so interesting to hear the old country in relation to yeah, it's Mexico. The lack of specificity is actually very jarring. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Like, with Harmony, we can kind of get away from it because, you know, I we've we've established that it is in at least New England. We know the region. Yeah. You know, and stuff with Chad, they're like, oh, Sunset Boulevard, we're out in L.A. They say that in a lot of times. Like, why won't they just establish what country... Yeah, Pilar's the, family they're is from. from. I don't know. And I, maybe it's just so they could be ambiguously Latin for a while yeah. until they decided where they were from, I guess. Oh, maybe they're Because they haven't space. told us it's Mexico yet. I just, like, kind of remember that. Yeah. So. That makes sense. Like, they're just like, we're not going to commit to anything until we know but that's so how dumb. we want to put this into the story. Eh, that's so dumb. I don't know. It's don't so know. silly. Or maybe they're just saying it to be like, to remind us that they're an immigrant family? You can because do that of, with Mexico. Yeah, but then maybe it'd be like, oh, we're sending her on vacation there. But no, because then he's like, we're going to spend years since been able to see her brothers and sisters, so this will be great. I don't know. They should just say what country it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stop talking about yeah. it because we've been on this Let's for a while. Let's move on. But basically, he comes in and he's all excited and he tells Teresa that he has saved enough money to send Pilar to the old country for Christmas <laughs> and she can stay for a while see her family, reconnect with loved ones, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Teresa bursts into tears. Yep. <laughs> and what happens next? I don't remember. I didn't write it down. I was really like halfway through my cake at that point. <laughs> I was really like deep into the cake. I had chocolate cake with salted caramel icing and a pudding cup at the same time. And I was really into it at that moment. Decadent. I was super into it. So I don't know what so you Teresa don't know. said. Well, that's okay. I don't either because I am taking notes in a new manner and didn't write it down. <laughs> well, we, so, we're not sure. But. We're not sure, but I don't think anything really comes out other than, Luis, I have to talk to you. It's important. And she's upset. So yeah. that's kind of where we leave that. Yeah. Let's go back to the Crane Mansion. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's go back to the Crane Mansion. What happens at the Crane Mansion? Well, we find, we see Ethan and he enters the cottage Mm -hmm. on the crane estate where sheridan stays and he's covered in eggs covered in eggs covered egg on his face where it belongs i'm so over ethan at this point yeah i like i'm super over him because honestly if you were gonna let Teresa off the hook for being the stalker then you have to let it go because she this was very obviously not her fault right I also kind of feel like they're trying to be like, oh, benevolent, kind, understanding Ethan. But then you turn around and he's immediately accusatory and smug. And those, it doesn't work. Yeah. Like, everybody is a combination of a lot of different things. And Mm -hmm. I understand that. But at this point in the story where we are, you can't have these two very different, conflicting, contradictory ideas be slammed up against each other like this. It just doesn't work. Yeah, it's it, it's uh, whatever. So, yeah, I I, don't know. I I he just annoys me. Anyway, he comes in. He's like, 
look at me and um <laughs> and look she, at me i'm covered in eggs. and sheridan's like oh my god what happened to you and he goes i'll give you three guesses what is that a thing three guesses yeah he's done that a couple of times i i've only ever heard like i'll give you a guess I know. I'll give you. I'll give you three guesses. Three. That's the thing. I'll give you three guesses. Yeah, it's like three wishes from a genie. I was like, I don't want to guess three times. Just tell me what happened. <laughs> and he's like, I had a run in with my stalker again. Yeah. And she's like, What? And he comes clean. He tells Sheridan everything. Yeah. He tells her that the stalker is Teresa. It's Pilar's daughter. That she's working at the mansion. That she's doing very good work for his mother at the mm-hmm. mansion. That she helped him. That all the attacks stopped while she was working there, which doesn't make any sense. That he's all confused about her. I mean, he tells Sheridan everything. And Sheridan looks at that man and says, you know what? Luis hates our family. I'll bet he brainwashed his sister to hate us too. Yep. What? Yep. What? Yep. I don't know. Okay. These cranes. Fine. Fine. Sure, Sheridan. These cranes. The, I hate those They're cranes. They're so obsessed with themselves. Yeah. They really are. They really are. What else happens in this thing? Well, my favorite quote was, Luis is your nemesis and his sister is mine. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, all right. That was a cool line. We're really pitting these two against, these four, I guess, against each other. But uh, Ethan's decided he's going to circumvent the new head of security, Frank? Lomax. Frank Lomax. Frank Lomax is now their new head of security? Yeah, that's what I said. Are you serious? Like, he's there. But he tries to call Frank, and Frank, he, no, he doesn't want to go around him. He tries to call Frank, and Frank doesn't answer his phone. He says, I only, I think it's only fair that I call Frank, because he is the one who found Teresa in the first place. Oh, okay. He tries to call him, and he doesn't, can't get him on the phone, so then he call, decides he's going to call the police. Gotcha. Okay, I thought yeah. he was going to go above Frank and just go straight to the police, but I stopped paying attention, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what happens? Nothing. Anything else <laughs> happens after that? He says he's going to call the police, and, he do, like, and that's where we leave him. Yeah, he dials the phone. Yeah, he picks up the phone, and that's kind of where we leave him. Mm-hmm. We don't know, you know, what he's gonna really do but i think he does say like i need to report my stalker he calls the police police yeah. station and says like i need to report my stalker so when he's gonna go talk to frank Ugh. i thought this was the last of him no what can frank do about it i don't know draw a picture what can frank do about it i you know and i don't think he'd be willing to help i i don't know i think whitney's gonna go find some security camera footage or mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. where it shows that Teresa didn't do anything wrong I think I don't know we'll see we'll see let's go to the hospital and okay. finish this episode up talk to me about Harmony Hospital girl over at the hospital Kay is shitting herself <laughs> <laughs> because if you remember if we will all recall four weeks ago where we left off uh, Kay has made a tape of herself <laughs> saying you are afraid of Miguel. Stay away from Miguel. You, you don't, don't like Miguel. Miguel. <laughs> like, she made this tape <laughs> and has put it on Charity's ears while Charity sleeps. And so that to help her gain some memories or whatever. And Miguel seems to think that Kay has done something nice for him. She's you know? like clockwork oranging this yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah. It's so fucked up. But and Jessica. Like, Thank you so much. Oh my God, he's. 
He's so, he's so sweet. Yeah. He's sweet as pie, that he's one. He's a himbo. He's a himbo. He's a himbo. He's 100% himbo. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh. oh, for our, you should probably tell our listeners what a himbo is. If you is. don't know what a himbo is, it's like, it's a male bimbo. Like a, a, like a hot guy who's sweet and respects women, but... Kind of not, a dumb-dumb. Yeah, kind of, kind of dumb. Yeah. Yeah. So our, our, our himbo over here. Miguel's such a himbo. <laughs> King of the himbos. Oh, I love him. He, he came, remember he came over and like made breakfast for Kay and yes. Simone after they in, interrupted his work day. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's he, like, such a fucking himbo. Oh. Yeah. Okay, oh sorry. God. Anyway, so at the hospital, Kay is shitting herself because Jessica has shown up to thwart her plans oh yeah right she's like i don't i'm not buying it i want to see what's on these tapes Mm -hmm. right so she's like i'm gonna get these headphones off of charity and we're gonna try to get we're gonna listen to the tapes but she and miguel both are trying to get the headphones off and they're like oh the cords are twisted i can't get these off they're both too stupid dumb to take headphones off of charity no that was just the stupidest laziest writing we're like we have to introduce a conflict and the best we can come up with is oh the cords are twisted we can't get them off it was so dumb no that's dumb and then a nurse came in and interrupted and so they had to stop trying anyway right oh i gotta check her vitals clear the room yeah and so then Kay and simone are like sitting out in the the waiting area and Kay's like trying to figure out how can I what can I do to make all of this stop and so I can get that tape like what can I do and this bitch thinks very seriously about pulling the fire alarm in a goddamn hospital she stands next to it she's about to pull it uh yeah she's gonna pull the fire alarm at a hospital she can't she's so selfish she can't she oh I can't stand Kay. She would put people's lives in peril mm-hmm. just to get herself out of a smidge of trouble. Yeah, she's horrible she, uh, for a boy. She for- would she would put all of those babies in the NICU mm-hmm. and all the people in the regular ICU in trouble just because she wants to have sex with a boy. Yep. Yeah, that's it. You, <sighs> you nailed it right she's there. She's horrible. So and what Jessica happens? knows her sister is horrible because Jessica comes out and says, "Ah, you know that movie, uh, Dead Man Walking," and she looks at Kay and she says, "Dead K Walking." <laughs> like, okay, that's stupid, but yeah. we get the point. We get the threat. Uh, and so they all go into the room, and Miguel puts those headphones on to listen because they Jessica, finally get it. Jessica's like, "You know what, Miguel? I think you should have the inaugural listen." Yeah. So she, he puts those headphones on. And his face kind of screws up a little, and he looks kind of, like, confused, but also, like, not pleased. I don't know, it was weird. And he looks at Kay, and he goes, Kay? And the reason is because the the music coming out of it is, like, hip-hop. Yeah, he was like, I didn't know you listened to hip-hop music, Kay. And she's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I know. It was something that I did that was a mistake. Wait, what? (laughs) Y'all, and then... Kay is confused, Simone is confused, Jessica's confused. The only person who's not confused is Miguel. Because he just assumed that Kay was, had done a nice thing. But everybody else in the room knew that she had not done a nice right. thing. And so they're all really confused. Like, what the fuck? Kay really is like, I don't know what has just happened. But it feels like I've got a, 
an angel or something. And, and I think Simone's like more like a demon. Yeah. <laughs> you and I looked at each other and were like, what is happening? Yeah, I was How just confused. I was like, did Tabitha come in and do something? Right. I was like, or... no, Tabitha couldn't do that. Well, it turns out, what happened? Oh, this was dumb. So dumb. At the nurse's station right across from her room, two nurses come in and they're like, yeah, I noticed that the tape had run out, so I just switched it with my own. Makes no sense. And she goes, I wonder what was playing on the other one, and puts it in the tape deck that's sitting on the desk. Yeah. Hits play, and then they're like, oh shit, code blue, we gotta go. And so the nurses all run. And <laughs> then you just hear, stay away. away from Miguel. You don't like Miguel. You're scared of Miguel. <laughs> and Kay's like, what? the fuck she's like is that coming from the pa system what is happening she's searching for her tape frantically and then she finally <laughs> finds it pulls it out of the tape deck and tears it apart correct that's like the first smart thing Kay has done yeah yeah <laughs> so that's what has happened at the hospital yeah and uh Kay looks at simone all proud of herself she and she says you know by the time charity wakes up she's gonna be so scared of miguel and simone looks at her and she says she should be so scared of you. Mm, she should be. Simone's she, just condemning her friend. And she should. Because well, her friend well, is a psychopath. Simone should get a better friend, honestly. Because she was... she has, And she says it multiple times throughout the show. She has said it. I don't know why I'm friends with you. Yeah, I don't know why you're friends with her either. Remember when Kay slapped her across yeah. the face? I don't know why you are friends with her. Uh-uh. I couldn't be friends with her. I could Well, no, I couldn't. No. 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 I, I, could, I wouldn't want to be. Kay... I wouldn't want to be friends with Kay. I would, I would like Mean Girls Kay real hard. Mm. Like I would, once I re- if I was Simone, if I was in Simone's shoes, and I would make Kay think like we were still friends, but I would like fuck with her life heavy. Yeah, yeah. Like especially after she slapped me. Oh yeah, that would. Oh, yeah, that was fucked up. I would ruin every scheme she ever came up with. But make her think that you're on her side. Absolutely. Some real psychological terrorism. Absolutely. Yeah. Make her look all crazy and desperate. Yeah. Yeah. I would expose her over and over and over again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so. All right. So we're going to take a little breaky-poo. Mm-hmm. But we'll be back after this message. Well, hello again. You again. You again. You, you again. again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. We're back from our break. Hope you enjoyed your break, too. Yeah, and here we are with episode 62. 62. Yeah. 62 episodes we've watched of this amazing show. It's so good. Honestly, like, I really enjoyed this episode a lot. Me too. This was a good pairing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, these two episodes complement each other very well. Yeah, the first one really, like, did a nice job of winding us up, and this one just kind of, Swing. Swing and a... A swing and a a hit. A swing and a hit. Home run. We connected. Yeah. So, episode 62 opens at the Crane Cottage. Sure does. Where Ethan is calling the police on Teresa. He's calling the folks, okay? He's He's like, I'm done with this bullshit. She's a stalker. She's proven it to me, even though he's so wrong about this. Yeah, he's very in the wrong. For the first time. Well, I mean, I know each thing has been an accident, but they... I get where he's coming from. Yeah. But this was 100% not her fault. At all. It couldn't possibly be her fault. No. She couldn't have possibly done it on purpose. And on 
And on top of that, it's not a stalking situation. He was seeking her out. He was, well, it was a stalking situation, but yeah, in reverse. he was stalking her. Correct. Yeah. So, it's just ridiculous. But anyway, he's on the phone with the folks, and they keep putting him on hold. Yeah, he's like, ugh, bureaucracy. Yeah. And Sheridan takes this moment to be like, are you sure you want to do this, Ethan? Are you really sure? This is Pilar's daughter we're talking about. Yeah. And then there's a... On the door. Yeah. Little well, knock, knock. He says to her, he goes, I don't want to. I love Pilar. I don't want to do this, but I have to. I have to do what's right. I have to do this. Yep. And then there's a knock at the door just as Sheridan's on her way out. Because Sheridan's headed to the youth center for the night. She opens the door, and who's there? Whitney. Whitney Russell. Beautiful. The beautiful, gorgeous, wonderful Whitney Russell is Whitney standing Russell. at the door. And she says, hi, is Ethan here? And Sheridan's like, yeah, he is, but he's busy. Like, what do you want? <laughs> She's like, how do all these random people keep showing up at my home? Yeah. She's like, I moved here for some fucking peace and Where quiet. Where are the guards? Yeah, right. Well, Frank, once again, is not doing his job yeah. very well. He's the, he's the head of security now. Unsurprisingly, random <laughs> people are just traipsing about the property. <laughs> now, now that Frank's the head of security, like, the the house is open to the public now. <laughs> like Pemberley. <laughs> I was thinking, oh God, oh, you know, these houses of all the great men, they're never home. And But he was home. He was home. Yeah. Oh God, that was so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable every time I watch that movie. We're talking about Pride and Prejudice, if oh. you don't know. But every time Lizzie's at that fucking house and she's like creeping on Georgiana's, Georgiana's playing the fucking piano. Yeah. And then she sees him and my heart just sinks. Yeah. I'm just like sick to my stomach. <laughs> I get the same feeling as when I'm looking at Teresa. I'm like, get out of there, <laughs> Teresa. Get out of there, Lizzie. Get uh, out of there. But it worked out for, for her. It really worked out for Lizzie. Yeah. Oof. Mr. Darcy. Darcy. Okay. Um, so, so back to passion. <laughs> um, yeah, Whitney's at the front door. Sheridan is kind of being the gatekeeper for a moment. Mm -hmm. And then Ethan says, it's okay, let her in. So Whitney comes in and says, like, I got to talk to you. And he's on hold. He's got the phone up to his ear. And she's like, I got to talk to you. Like, this wasn't Teresa's fault. You really have to hear me out. And he's like, let me guess that she send you here. She's like, no, I'm here of my own volition, but I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that you don't understand the situation. Like, she tries to talk some sense into him. Yeah. She tries to plead Teresa's case, and he's not buying it. He's no. like, nope. And then he's like, the person on the other end of the phone is like, comes back and he's like, oh, yes, I want to report a stalker. And Whitney grabs the phone from him and hangs it up. I loved it. I was like, yes, Whitney, yes. It's like, we get to see, you know, Teresa has really been a firecracker this whole time, and Whitney's been the person trying to bring her down to earth. But I yeah. like to see Whitney have a little, like, oomph. Yeah, you know? Whitney, well, Whitney's the straight man. Yeah. But, like, she does get shit done when it comes down yeah. to it. Like, she knows what she needs to do. She grabbed that phone and she hung it up. And I think she's the kind of person that just always wants to do what's right mm -hmm. and whether and if it's what is right to her she will do it mm -hmm. whether it's going to get her in trouble or not yeah like i think she's like this might get me in trouble but this is the right thing to do because Teresa's not guilty yeah so, it's worth taking this risk yeah so she says to him she's like are you really gonna 
convict someone without all the evidence as a lawyer would you really not see all of the evidence he's like what evidence i was there don't you remember blah, 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 blah. and then she pulls out this tape yes and yeah of course whitney has surveillance footage i love that we have this little like courtroom drama moment yeah it's so great yeah so we kind of leave it there. Mm-hmm. They don't show us what it is. We don't know what it is. So let's go over to the Lopez Fitzgerald home. Oh boy! And talk about what's happening over there with Teresa. She's unraveling, is what's happening. Woo! Boy, oh boy, is she ever! But you know, if I thought I was going to go to jail, it, it, like if my going mm. to jail was imminent, I'd be unraveling too. Yeah. You know, I'm really <laughs> terrified of going to jail. I'm, yeah. Like have a real big phobia of it yeah no i'd be unraveling too i get it and she's like 17 right she's a kid too oh but she is really falling to pieces she is yeah Luis is on his way out of the house and she's like okay well you know i I have something important to tell you but i'll talk to you later because you're running late for basketball practice and she goes wait wait no i have to talk to you now and she's like no i'll talk to you later like she can't make a decision and Luis is like look kid you're gonna be all right Calm down, take a breath. I am running late, but we'll talk later. He's like, everything's gonna be okay. Yeah, he's really sweet to he's her. He's very sweet to her. He gives her one of the a little mini pep talk. Yeah. Uh, and he leaves, and then right on his heels, Pilar comes in, and thank goodness because yeah. Teresa needs a shoulder to cry on. Well, when he left, she sat down, and she had like a very like real moment. It was it was kind of heartbreaking because this, this just this teenage girl sitting on the couch. Going, I need somebody to talk to. Like, that's what she said. I was like, I need somebody to talk to. And she's crying. And it was so sad. She was, oh, she was, she was so upset. But then Pilar comes in. She's like, mama. Yeah, mama. Yeah, Yeah, she runs into her mother's arms, starts sobbing, tells her about the egg incident the accident and she goes maybe i'm a menace and i don't even know it yeah well Poor thing. the crazy thing is pilar comes in and she's like i've been thinking about you all day all day Teresa, and you, i hope you learned your lesson oh, <laughs> she's like no. i hope you learned your lesson please promise me you'll stay away from from ethan and all of this i could have lost she's like i could have lost my job you could have gone to jail all of this and then Teresa exclaims it's too late <laughs> i'm gonna go to jail it's Our family is ruined. Oh. It's too late. And she explains there was another accident and explains what happened. And Pilar's like, we're in a very serious situation. Like, even Pilar's like, yeah. I don't know what to do now. Yeah. And then she rightfully places the blame on herself. She's oh, like, you thank- know what? This is my fault because I didn't put my foot down when I should have and I'm your parent. It's 100% Pilar's fault. Yes, it is. And of course, Teresa doesn't see it that way. And so then it's just these two these these two women, oh my god, feeling guilty and also very sorry and are just terrified. I mean, it's it's a swirl, a vortex of emotion. Yeah. Yeah, and then And then we have a knock at the door. Another knock on the another door. Another knock at the door and Teresa's like I'm sure it's the police here to arrest me. <laughs> she walks to the door slowly. She walks to the door, opens the door, ready to be arrested. And who is there? Ethan Crane, there to eat some crow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cranes eat crow these days. Yeah, no, Ethan and Whitney mm-hmm. are there. And then Teresa, 
I don't know why. She flies off the handle more. Yeah, she, she gets more upset. Even more, and just is like, I don't know what Whitney told you, but she's she's like, I did all those things. It's all me. Yeah. Don't get to, don't she, get Whitney in trouble. She like grabs Whitney by the shoulders and is like, tell the police it was all me. Just do you have nothing to do with any of it? I'll take all the blame. Like she's she really she's like shaking her. She loses her fucking mind. Woman, thou art loose. She. <laughs> she goes nuts this poor I mean this she's unhinged she's I love she, Teresa but she is a lovable she, lunatic she is losing her mind yeah. and that it was great to watch <sighs> and also like just confusing to watch it like I yeah. was like I don't understand why you're doing this if he thought you were dangerous or if he was gonna if you were gonna get arrested the police would be with him not him and your best friend yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah, I think there, it was almost comical just because the scale of it, like yeah. the scale of her reaction compared to everybody else who is very calmly standing there. Whitney's kind of smiling. Ever, you know, yeah, Ethan ev- smiles. Ethan's at her. smiling at her too, and <laughs> Teresa's flying off the handle. But you know what? It just goes to show once Teresa's just like in her own fucking world. That's where that's where she is. Yeah, like once her mind is in that place, that's where the fuck she is. Mm. And you're not gonna bring her back to reality. No, you're not. You know that we did that for like thirty episodes with the Ethan shit, where she we're just, still doing it with she, the Ethan shit. Yeah, where, well, where she just continued to fantasize about mm. him, even though she had done all of these horrible things to him, and mm-hmm. then went to lit work in his house. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, she, like nothing was gonna stop her. From ha- from her thought process, God. and it's the same here, where nothing's going to stop her from believing the world is falling to pieces around her yeah. and crumbling around her, because she's just like a maniac. She's a fucking maniac. She's just manic all the time. Yeah. Oh, maybe she. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a little touch of the bipolar. I'm obsessed with her. She's great. I'm obsessed with her. So what happens? Well, Ethan finally kind of gets her to calm down briefly for like as she's like taking a breath in he's like he like stops her and is like look i um i falsely accused you and i'm here to apologize they break out the tape they pop that sucker in they watch it and ethan goes look i was there and i didn't even realize it but i'm the one who tripped the man with the eggs and it's my fault and i'm so sorry yeah and teresa's so excited she's jumping for joy literally leaping around the apartment i was worried mania i was worried that she was gonna like knock that fucking china cabinet over on him or something like i was like oh girl please calm down i thought she was gonna like slap him or kick him or something by accident she doesn't injure him in that way but she gets so excited that she jumps up throws her arms around the man and kisses him well on on the the cheek cheek. yeah she kisses him on the cheek but immediately regrets it oh yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) her face she's like oh what have i done she pulls back she's like fuck i've made a huge mistake yeah yeah so that's where we are with them. Let's mm-hmm. let's go to the hospital. hospital? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, let's go to the hospital where Miguel is by Charity's side. Yep, he's standing vigil and he's kind of not right next to her. So he kind of hears her mumbling something and he goes over to her side and he's like she was saying something. Okay, so I'm a little bit confused about what's going on with Charity because she was in a coma. She wasn't waking up. Then she woke up. Yeah. Right? Yes. 
And then she just didn't remember anything, but she was lucid and awake. Yeah, and then is now asleep again. Now, I and everybody's un- talking at her, and I, she's not waking I up. I can't tell if she has slipped back into a coma. Maybe it's a medically induced coma. Maybe she's just sedated. Like, but she's thrashing in bed, similar to what she was doing um, during the fire when she was kind of trapped in that Maybe dream she just realm. Like that. Maybe that's just how she sleeps. She's just thrashing. No. Miguel, 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 evil, evil, evil. <laughs> yeah, Char- charity. Yeah, so he's he's there and he hears her kind of mumble something. So he rushes to her side and he's like, "Did you say something? It's me, Miguel." You know. And then Grace comes in. Now this was really beautiful. Actually, this was a beautiful moment and a breath of fresh air. Yeah, a breath from kind of the mayhem and the goofiness yeah. and everything else. This was beautiful. Yeah, she comes in and she tells Miguel, she's like, didn't you have a basketball practice to go to? Like, get out of here, get some fresh air. Like, Charity will be fine. I'm going to be here with her. And, you know, you you go on and be a kid for a little bit, basically. Mm-hmm. And so he leaves and she sits down next to Charity or goes next to Charity and, like, delivers the most beautiful monologue to, to mm-hmm. Charity's sleeping body. Mm-hmm. What'd she say? She... Basically goes on and says, I almost feel like history is repeating itself. I'm so sorry for what you're going through. I'm so sorry for the the tragedy that you're going to know when you wake up and you think that I'm your mother. Mm. And I'm going to have to explain that I'm not. But I am here. Your friends are here. Your family is here. And together we are going to help you build your life. And put the pieces back together. Um, And it really... Just it, the delivery was beautiful. Yeah. It, honestly, it was so much of just like catching the audience up on whatever you may have missed over the past weeks. But my goodness, she delivered it beautifully. She delivered it beautifully, but it was also well written. Yeah, it was very. Which is heartfelt. not something I can say about a lot of the things on this show. Yeah. It actually like was a well written monologue. Yeah. It made sense. It was new there's a little nuance yeah. in it, it they was, also yeah. they also had some nice underscoring it wasn't kind of this like hokey yeah. synthesizer sound like it was just kind of nice and calm and strings yeah. you know what i mean and that that went a long way too it was really nice it I, was I, yeah good for grace good for grace i love grace good for grace so while that's happening at the hospital um timmy and tabitha we haven't seen them in a while Oh, but I'm so happy to see him again. Me too. Timmy and Tabitha packing up. They're about to hit the road, Jack. <laughs> Tabitha has lost her powers, if you remember, because she failed to kill Charity and her mother, Faith. Mm-hmm. And so her powers have been torn from her. She's just a regular old lady. She's just a little old lady. Just a little old with her talking 700 doll. 700-year-old lady. Yeah. With her talking doll, packing up their belongings, because they got to get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah, she's like, we got to get out of Harmony. Yeah. I don't really know why they have to get out of Harmony. Is it because she thinks Charity's going to try to destroy them? I think so, because she, at this point, does not know that Charity doesn't right. doesn't remember anything. Right. So she and Timmy are packing, kind of reminiscing about the good old days when Tabitha was a dog and attacked Faith. Reminiscing about when she went into the hospital and almost suffocated Charity yeah. with a pillow. <laughs> I mean, they're awful. She's lamenting about having to leave Harmony with her tail between her legs. And Timmy's like, you have a tail? (laughs) And at this point, I was like, wait a minute. If Tabitha has lost her powers, like, does that mean Timmy's humanity, like, is going to lose potency over time and he's going to become a doll again? Or is he... 
because generally with like fantasy things, when the pow- when the magic no longer exists or is destroyed, then everything that it kind of ambulated or created turns into dust. You I know? think with this, what's done is done. Okay. You okay. know. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. But um, they're they're sad. They have to leave Harmony yeah. and. Tabitha feels defeated mm-hmm. and very annoyed and by it. And she says, she goes, you know, things couldn't get worse. And then there's a knock at her door. Knock, knock, knock. And she goes, who is it? And it's Grace Bennett. And she goes, things just got worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even trying to do my Tabitha voice anymore because I know how bad it is. Worse. Yeah, I, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's good. Your Tabitha's good. My please, Tabitha's horrible. Please do it. No, <laughs> things just got worse. <laughs> that's like when you do tap, that's what it's Wait, things just... <laughs> this is exactly what I just did. Things just got worse. <laughs> Wait, things just got worse. That's pretty good. That was, that was pretty good. Things just got worse. That's better. It's that goody two-shoes. Grace Bennett. Grace Bennett. Uh, things just got worse. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. We we like had a good belly laugh at that one. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. She delivered it beautifully. Yeah. She's great. She really is. Yeah. So then, uh, Grace she lets Grace in, and then Grace just comes in to fill her in on everything that has happened. Yeah. You know, because Tabitha doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. But she's also like Grace comes in and is like, "I'm so sorry, I haven't." stopped by to check in on you because remember the last time grace saw tabitha she was like having fainting spells and tabitha's like are you kidding like you have a lot going on right now with your family so it's okay i understand that you haven't come to check on me i should have come to look in on you yeah yeah so they they talk a little bit and grace has noticed timmy who is now in doll form and is like oh my gosh this is so stupid another doll this is great you can donate it to the flea market that we're hap- that is happening tonight for the harmony police department fundraiser grace is just really trying to get these fucking dolls yeah what is that about she's, and she's pushing so pushy about it she's very pushy she's so pushy about it and i don't know why tabitha didn't just go no it's mine i'm yeah. gonna keep it She's like, oh, well, it's broken. I, It's not finished. She like, keeps coming up with excuses. Just say that you don't want to donate it. Yeah, it's mine. And then my other favorite line from Tabitha turns to Grace and goes, oh, I hear your poor motherless niece is in the hospital. That was horrible. I cracked up. <laughs> your, your poor, poor motherless, motherless niece. <laughs> Tabitha, where is the tact? She killed her mother. She killed her mother. <laughs> oh, God, she's oh, awful. She's so awful. She's such a villain, but I like her so much. Oh, great. She's great. She's oh, wonderful. Your poor motherless niece. Yeah, so then Grace fills her in on everything and tells her that Charity has amnesia. She's she like... Doesn't seem to recognize seem to anybody. Anything, doesn't remember anybody. And Tabitha perks up at that. She's like, wait a minute. You telling me <laughs> your poor motherless niece has amnesia? You know, and Grace is like, "Yeah, looks like that's it. it." And Tabitha honestly couldn't be more elated. Oh, she ushers Grace out so hurriedly. <laughs> she throws a bunch of shit in the box. Here, take this for your flea market, and like slams the door. Yeah, and then <laughs> she's just like, "Charity has amnesia. Charity, Charity has amnesia." <laughs> like so excited. She and Timmy are Timony. I keep saying Timony. I have a friend what named Timony. Is it like Jiminy Cricket? Timony? Like it just... I don't know. I guess. What's happening? I don't know. So anyway, Timmy and Tabitha jumping around, dancing around. Have, er, huh. 
Charity has amnesia. Charity has amnesia. They're so thrilled. She doesn't remember the past and she doesn't remember evil. Yeah, she says <laughs> she doesn't remember her past. She doesn't remember evil. Cut and to Charity at the hospital. Evil. 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 Thrashing yeah, around. Yeah, just rolling around her bed saying evil. So saying? I think she remembers evil. I mean, evil is more of a concept than like a specific thing. Also, Charity remembers more than what Grace said. Right, Because yeah. we know she remembers the fire, and we yeah. know she remembers her mother. Yeah. You know, so... Eh, we don't see. we don't know the extent of, of Charity's illness or amnesia, but, yeah, I think Tabitha is overestimating, like, her memory loss. Yeah, but I think she thinks whatever it is, she can use it to her, to her advantage. Like, she's not done yet. She's yeah. Like, I got a little bit of hope. Yeah. Yeah. So she's going to probably do, like, a pull a, a K, but better. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, or they, maybe those two all team up. Well, I was wondering because, like, a few episodes ago, I remember Kay was like, I would make a deal with the devil kind of thing. And I was like, uh-oh. And also... What if Kay has power? Like, what if these girls have powers? She Faith is has, also a Bennett, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Grace has powers. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about yeah. that. Why shouldn't these girls have powers? Why shouldn't these girls have powers? Yeah. They would not be in the same coven, that's for damn sure. Hell no. Kay is fully evil, that one. Yeah. No, she's the Wicked Witch of the West. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm. So, I think we just have the youth center, All right? All we have left is the youth center. That was and it good. Sh- we should be able to... Zoom right through this. All right, let's do it. So what's going on at the youth center? So this is annoying to me. Yeah. The boys are all there at basketball practice, and the girls are just standing on the sidelines watching. Like, what the fuck? That's what is expected. And I remember being at, like, football games and shit like that, and, like, the boys doing one thing, and and field field day and shit and the boys are doing one thing and the girls are just like standing around watching and I remember being with like my group of friends and like I want to play and the boys would just like not throw the ball to me and kind of exclude me and I was like what well you're relegating me to the sidelines so that I have just have to stand here and observe you in your physical glory like this is so lame you know I have not really a different perspective but I do have like a different experience because like you wanted to play but like I didn't want play Mm. so I definitely would just like stand around because for instance we had something like like the youth center we would go to like the community center or whatever Mm -hmm. and hang out and have fun and stuff but like I didn't want to fucking play basketball I went to like talk with my girlfriends and like the boys would be playing but it wasn't like the girls couldn't play you know what I mean? Yeah, but we also have established that these girls are sporty. They play on the baseball team or the softball team because they have like a mixed league and all this other stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I don't know. I was I was irritated by it and then it got brought up later and I was glad that it yeah, did. Yeah, it comes up later. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, and I think they did that because they are were trying to like make a point that only the boys were playing and the girls, yeah. you know, to, so Sheridan would have something, to, a soapbox to get up yeah, on, you know? Yeah, I think so. A high horse to get on. But, uh, so, the girls are standing around watching these boys play basketball. Kay's waiting for Miguel to come in. That's the only reason she's there. She don't give a fuck about the rest of these people here. Yeah. But, you know who else is playing who I love? Yes. Fucking Reese is playing the playing basketball with yes. goggles on. Yes, his sports goggles. Because he, he doesn't want to break his glasses. And he still looks super hot. I love Reese. Oh, uh, interesting fact. One of our listeners commented on one of the posts, um, and we're like... 
Reese was played by two twin brothers throughout yeah, the whole I saw series. That. Isn't I that saw cool? That. Yeah, maybe we can get them on the podcast. Yeah. The twins? Ooh, the twins. Ooh. The dirty twins. The, <laughs> the turkeys. The turkeys. <laughs> the dirty twins. Oh, man. Yeah. So the boys are playing, and we finally get. Shirts versus skins. Yeah, when once Luis shows up, yeah, Luis he comes in. Immediately took off. I that literally sweater. was at the yelling at the TV like, "Take off your shirt! <laughs> shirts versus skins!" <laughs> so he takes off his shirt, of course, and it's not really shirts versus skins. It's Luis with no shirt versus everybody else with a shirt. Also, what is this league? Like adults and children yeah, playing together? It was so weird. And when they were saying basketball practice, Hank is there. He just rolled into town. Yeah, he just showed up. I don't know, man. So I'm just not. Like, clear about what this team is. Who do they even play? Well, again, Lotara, we're trying to make sense of something that is not super well thought out, right? The whole point for the show is just to get certain characters into into one room, into one room, arguing about the same thing. Yeah, you're right. And this is how they did it. Yes. Well, they're playing basketball, and then on the sidelines, uh, Jessica's antagonizing Kay, and she's just like, don't I'm gonna fit, get to the bottom of all of this Miguel shit. Don't you fucking worry, sis. <laughs> I'm gonna get to the bottom of this bullshit. And, just, and Kay's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know. And uh, and Sheridan's standing there because she has been asked to come to the youth center to work that evening. And the girls notice that she's wearing a really beautiful ring. Well, first Jessica like fawns yeah. over her '90s fashion. Her, like, brown, I want to say suede jacket that came down to, like, mid-thigh. Yeah. <laughs> like, it didn't come down to her knee. It didn't hit her at the hip. It was, like, mid-thigh. It was too big. She had on jeans and, like, a crisp white shirt. She's covering up a very cute white shirt. Yeah. I under like that, that coat, shirt. Under that coat. Also, let's talk about the fact that they are, like, transitioning us into colder weather. Right. But these people still have on the same clothes they had before. They're just putting coats and shit on them. Yeah, Kay is still walking around in those like Bermuda Bermuda shorts. Yeah, Bermuda. But, but but they're like trying to show us that it's getting colder. Right. Lisa's talking about Christmas. Yeah, it's crazy. This sh- we are. The show has been on for six days of time. Like there's been six days and nights yeah. that have gone by. Yeah. And this show started in July, which means at earliest it's August. I probably have said this I'm, already. I'm gonna. I am going to let this go. I am. We have to. I'm going to let it go. You, we, Yes, we have to let it go. But I am going to talk about it a little bit more before I let it go. <laughs> Just because it's so crazy to me. The way they're trying to play you. The mind trick. They're they gaslighting play, us. The mind games that Passions is trying to play on me. <laughs> you, think you, you think you can fool us. No, we just we just have to let it go and, and th- let this exist outside of the space-time continuum. Let go and let God. <laughs> let go and let the god of passion jesus is a biscuit jesus is a biscuit let, let him sop, sop you up. up well anyway they, they see sheridan standing there just because like fawning over her ugly clothes then they all kind of start fawning over her and sheridan is just like yep uh-huh yeah that's me Kay's like is that a real ruby She's like yeah it is a real ruby so then she kind of gives them a lesson about jewelry. Yeah. What are the five C's? I know there's five C's. It's a carrot clarity. Cut. Cut. There's five? I'm pretty sure there's five. Carrot clarity cut. Color. Color. And. Consistency? Crane. 
<laughs> you put the crane in diamond. I have. I'm, I know. I'm. I think it's five C's. It doesn't matter. Basically, I should have paid more attention because Sheridan was giving a lesson about. Yeah. Well, she didn't really give a lesson. She was just like, Jessica's like. Well, how do you tell the difference between a cheap ruby and a really good ruby? And then Sheridan's just like, well. The bigger, the better. And there's always cut and clarity, but that's all she really said. Yeah. And well, then Louise kind of teases her about it. Exactly. So Louise kind of comes up while she's talking with the girls and starts making fun of them for talking about stuff. And it's like, fuck you. You excluded them and pushed them off to the sidelines, gave them nothing to do, and now you're going to make fun of them for talking about yeah. whatever they want? Like, come on, man. So, Luis is an enigma. Sometimes he's really great and really sensitive, and other times he's awful. Like when he harassed the, that woman, who, that mystery woman, turned out to be Sheridan. It turned out to be Sheridan. At his mother's birthday party. Oh, yeah. It was awful. So this is another not-so-great moment with Luis. And then, of course, these two, with their tension and their fighting, kind of go nose-to-nose and start arguing. Because Sheridan's like, where's the girl's team? Why aren't they practicing? Why are we standing around watching you practice? This is yeah. stupid. And Luis is like, well, the girls never asked to have a team, and I, I can only do so much, and blah, 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 and, you know, just trying to defend himself, because he knows he's wrong. He knows. And so his way to fix this is to challenge Sheridan to a game of one-on-one. Well, she says, she says to him, like, uh, basketball's not that hard. It's not neurosurgery. Yeah, she's like, you bounce a ball and shoot it through a hoop. It's not rocket science. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he's like, oh, really? You think you could do better? Boo, boo, boo. And so then he challenges her, Let's, we'll see, me and you, one-on-one, which is bullshit. Yeah. Of course. It's so dumb. It is dumb, and of course Sheridan loses abysmally. She doesn't know where the foul line is. She yeah. doesn't know how to hold the ball. She's probably really never played. You yeah. Know? But after everybody leaves, Sheridan's like, I'll show him. And she calls herself a fucking basketball coach. And this man was Robert Horry. NBA player. NBA player. <laughs> yeah. When he walked in, you knew he was a real basketball player. Yeah. He was like so enormous. That man is 11 feet tall. He was so tall and he could not act like yeah. he, he couldn't deliver a line was he like, was you know what he delivered belong- a line better than frank lomax i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go that far i will i'm not gonna go that far frank's terrible but this guy nah i'm i, I mean by what it's I said. not but uh, however this guy's not an actor and yeah the guy who plays frank lomax is but yeah no yes, this so. this dude didn't even open his mouth when he talked <laughs> but yeah, so she has a private basketball instructor now yeah good for you sheridan of course. she's gonna show Luis. She's going to show him and she's going to show everyone. That's and right. the world will know <laughs> yes. that this ain't no game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That there's a, what do we have? We've got a ton, ton of, of rotten fruit and perfect aim. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, that's everything for this episode, yeah? That's everything for this episode. We have some listener mail, but I'm wondering if we should save it because we're, have we gone for a long time? Do we have time? Mm, we got time. Okay. Let's do some listener mail. All right, let's let's hear it. Okay, who we got? So this is a story from Lauren, who uh, <laughs> says this says the following. Thank you so much for having this podcast. I've been waiting forever to listen to a podcast to talk about this. It's such a cult classic, and I'll be a lifelong listener. Thank Yay, you, Lauren. Thank you. I watched the show since I was five. To when I was 15. In watching it again with you guys, it's like watching it with friends. Thank you for being so great. 
Thank you for being a friend. Thank you, Lauren. And she says, also, I forgot to mention I'm 27 now, and I'm Canadian. Yay! International listeners. I know. It's so cool. So um, she goes on to say, my mom told me once when I was younger that when I was talking about a boy I liked, instead of saying that I wanted to kiss him, I would say I wanted to make love to him. Oh, my God. (laughs) Not knowing what that means as I was seven, she was mortified. (laughs) because <laughs> she had been watching because passions. she had been watching passion amazing no that's amazing i love that so i made sure to ask if i could share because i was like this is an incredible story so i love that so she then goes on to say a uh, question for the podcast if you could personality swap two characters who would it be and why one being same sex characters and one being male and female Okay, I already know my opposite sex characters. Okay. That I would do. Okay. And it's Tabitha and Timmy. <laughs> just because of the power dynamic, like the shift in power would be hilarious. And just like watching Timmy navigate the world in Tabitha's fucking body. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And trying to go into doll mode. Uh huh. But he can't because he's in Tabitha's body. So I know who my opposite sex switch would be. Yeah. Tabitha and Sam. Because Sam, oh shit! Because Sam <laughs> hates Tabitha and loves Grace, <laughs> so to put yeah. him in Tabitha's body, I feel like would be really. And Tabitha funny. hates Grace. And Tabitha hates Grace, so to be in, in his like, I feel like that'd be a really interesting personality. That is swap. hilarious. No, that's hilarious. What's the same sex personality swap? This one's tougher for me. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Okay, my same-sex swap, I think I would do, this is so stupid, but I think I would do Teresa and Ivy, because... Oh, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, so that that Teresa would, like, be in Ivy's body and could, like, manipulate Ethan into, like, kicking Gwen to the curb... (laughs) You know what I mean? And then, and Ivy can just get a taste of what it's like to like to be a fucking, like, poor person. Yeah. I also like that you just picked your two favorite characters and yeah, swapped them because you out. like them so much. I like them. <laughs> I think my same-sex swap would be, I think it would be Luis and Frank. As much as I hate Frank, I think it would be funny to see Luis in that role. Oh. Trying to, like, figure out the stalker situation. He would have got that done that. He would get it done faster. so fast. We wouldn't have to put up with this shit much longer. Meanwhile, the, the Harmony PD would be falling to pieces. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with Frank in charge. Yeah. The crime in Harmony would rise by 500%. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Either that or I would just switch Luis and Ethan. Again, kind of like what you're doing with Ivy mm. and Teresa, but to see them, you know, walk a mile in somebody else's each, shoes. Each other's shoes. Yeah. 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 Maybe open I, their hearts and minds a little bit. I also thought about Hank and Frank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hank and Frank. Hank and Frank. I can just hear like do 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 yeah you know we're Hank and Frank like I could just hear it I could see it in ugh. That would be such a stupid show that I would watch. And they eat at the potato crate, like, every night. Yeah. They live it's, above the potato crate. It's like the Golden Girls sitting around the cheesecake. Yeah. It's like them just with their boiled potatoes. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, it, 
do we want to get into one more email? Yeah. All right. So this is from Zach. Longtime fan of the show. We love you, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> fan of the pod. We love Zach. So the title of this email, the subject line is a little info on the writers of passions. We appreciate it. Ladies. On your last podcast, you asked about the writers of passions, so I did a little research. As a historian, I'm one of those weirdos who find research fun. Anyway, some of these people were hard to track down, but I did my best, so here's the rundown. I'm going to interrupt and say, I don't think that doing research and enjoying it is weird. No, I do it all the time. Yeah, being a historian is cool, not nerdy. Super cool. I'm super into it. Not weird at all, so I'm just going to defend my friend Zach for a minute. (laughs) Okay, so... Here's the rundown. James E. Riley was the creator and head writer of Passions. He was 58 when Passions began, had written for soaps since 1986, was head writer of Days of Our Lives from 1992 to 1998. The rest of the writing team during the early period all had something in common. See if you can figure it out what it is. There was Mel Brez, who is a woman. I could not find her age, but given that she was active since 1974, she was obviously older in 1999. She she won a Daytime Emmy in 1985 for her writing on One Life to Live. There was Ethel Bretz, who I assume, since they share a name and were active around the same time, is her sister, and therefore also white. Next, there's Sean Morrison, another white guy, who started his soap writing career at Days in 1995, so he was probably the youngest writer. Marlene Clark Poulter McPherson. Wow, that's a name. Mm. I'm going to say that again. Marlene Clark Poulter McPherson, another Caucasian woman, was 36 (laughs) years old when Passions began. (laughs) She started writing at Days in 1994 and left Days for Passions. Lastly, there was Daryl Ray Thomas Jr., who I thought for sure was black, but nope, he's also white. (laughs) (laughs) He was 34 when Passions began and got his start at Days in 1998. So basically, James E. Riley poached half of the Days writing team for his new soap, and that's not the thing they have in common that I mentioned earlier, but if you answered that the writer's room was Lily White, you won the prize. Man. Yeah. Riley and a couple of the other writers remained until the end of the series, but like most soaps, the rest of the writers cycled in and out. Riley himself died just months after the series finale in 2008. The Brezes retired and the rest of the writers have gone on to fruitful careers. There's your breakdown on the demographics of the writers of passion. Wow, thank you, Zach. I know. And you know, you want to know something interesting. Is yes. Now that I know that that head the head writer was the head writer for days during that time that was the fucking time marlena got fucking possessed like and it was a huge deal like people fucking hated it oh yeah marlena marlena became because that wasn't the kind of show days was it wasn't a show with like supernatural shit Uh and so like yeah marlena fucking marlena black she was possessed by like a fucking demon that's interesting. So yeah, he was starting so, to go in that direction. Is like, and we could explore this whole other facet of soap. Like, why don't we do it? And they didn't. I'm sure they didn't like it, and that's why he left. It makes sense. And then yeah. he took the writing team that he knew would would back it up, and yeah. that he enjoyed working with, and yeah. they put him in a room together. That's so interesting. That is, yeah. Wow. Hmm. Thank you for the research, Zach. Yeah, thanks, that's great. Zach. All right. But I can't say I'm surprised that everyone was like Lily White. No. Especially, like, some of the things that were being said that some of, like, the characters of color were like, oh, the world's a better place. And I'm like, what? Oh, you mean, like, <laughs> we don't know where Pilar fr- is from? Just yeah. the old country? The, oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Prime example. Prime example. Yeah. So. So. That's that. That's the show for today. So. Yeah. We need to talk about, let's just. Run them all down. We've got... Run them all down. We have a website. We have a website. Please, Please go check out look the website. at it. 
Um, we have merch. We have merchandise. Get yourself a t-shirt. Yep. You know, just go out there and support us and get on the forum. I'm, I'm dying for people to use the forum. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if they will. I think it'd be really cool. I don't cool. know. I hope they do. Like I said, it's just a really nice way for people who are on different social media platforms to interact with each yeah. other in one location. Yeah. And you can, like, log in and make a profile. And, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So... We also, in addition to our brand new, shiny, beautiful website, we have all the same old, same old at Passions Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, which I uploaded one TikTok today. Oh, so we got fresh did content. That, did that, working on that a little bit. And you can still email, email us at passionspodcast at gmail.com. Right? You know what? And since you're emailing us, I would actually love to hear other people's personality swap ideas yeah i think that's really fun and really interesting so send us your history lessons send us your uh personality swap send us your um origin story send us anything send us well i mean you know yeah yeah within reason within don't reason. Like, send us weird stuff yeah don't send me like you know Send it to a my personal. Send to my personal email. Yeah. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, don't send me a bill for something. No, definitely don't send me a. <laughs> don't invoice me. Don't invoice me. Um, please uh, give us a five star rating and a review. Thank you. We have another one. Yes, well, we do. We really appreciate it, and it goes a long way, especially with the um, with uh, Apple. Yep. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Am and I forgetting anything? Uh, probably, but whatever. We'll catch them on the next. All right. We'll catch them on the flip. <laughs> on the next one. All right, everybody. It's time for us to say goodbye because it's so late and I'm so tired. All right, let's do this. <laughs> okay. One, two, three. I don't know why I counted. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three. Oh my god. I'm not sure why either. You don't have okay. to. Do, I'm not a child. Here we go. <laughs> you don't have to count. You don't have to count me in like your student. <laughs> a five, six, seven, eight. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, it's so ingrained. I was, gonna I do, I was about to do it. I did it too. Okay. Giant, <laughs> giant temple leap. All of a sudden, it's like, you are my passion. Like, what was that? Okay. Okay. We have to do our sign out. We can do it. I haven't sung in weeks. We can do it. All right. You, you are my passion. <laughs> 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 Okay, 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 right. okay. I promise, I promise, I promise. Right. Okay. Whew. You are my passion. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost it. Okay, I we gotta do it. I you know what? Even... This is how they know that we do it live. <laughs> Honestly, it's different every time. We're gonna do we it. We fell apart this time. Yeah, all the way. I think let's I might do leave it. all of that in. No. <laughs> well, Here we go. Okay. You are my passion for life. It's been better. <laughs>